There's a lot of talk about AI. There's a lot of talk about machine learning, which is great because it will support the payroll professionals. And I deliberately say support the payroll professionals because it will not replace the payroll professionals. If I look back at my career, there have been a lot of technological uh, developments which have all helped us to still be here. The world still needs to get paid. I think the world of global payroll is going to be freed up by paradigm shifts that there's a one-size-fits-all, that you are too local to standardize, uh, that you can't challenge the status quo, that you can't get a budget to make a change. I would say global payroll is here to stay. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. I'm Nick Day, founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist global payroll search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized Reward 300 member. And my goal for this show is clear, is to bring you expert guests and payroll leaders who are driving this industry forward. From cutting edge technologies and trends to compliance, analytics, automation, leadership strategies, and more, we're gonna cover it all on this show to help you to deliver accurate and timely payrolls across your organizations. So let's join together in raising the strategic profile of payroll worldwide. Grab your coffee or your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Payroll Podcast. My name is Nick Day. I'm CEO at JGA Recruitment Group. We're specialist global payroll recruiters operating now in the UK, across EMEA, and now in the US as well. Now, if you are a regular listener of this show, please do remember to subscribe to the show. If you can, please leave us a wonderful review. And most importantly, share it with all of your global payroll colleagues and friends, because together as a community, we can really raise the profile of payroll for everyone. And in fact, someone who's incredibly passionate about doing that, it's not just me, it's my guest today, which is Max van der Klispersink, who's the head of service delivery at Paysar, the modular global payroll management platform. I've known Max for, I think it's about five years now, but he's actually got 17 years experience in global payroll. And he is a true passion for payroll expert. I say that because that's a hashtag that I think Max has created all by himself on LinkedIn. And he's become known for those three words, passion for payroll. He's someone who absolutely loves sharing what he's learned with the global payroll community. And I think he'd admit as well, he loves learning from the community as well. It's a really is a reciprocal relationship that you've developed on LinkedIn very powerfully to really help raise the global global profile of the industry, which has been fantastic. And I should add as well that Max was the first recipient of the Global Vision Award in 2018, which was provided by Payroll Org, which is the largest payroll professional network in the world with over 30,000 members. It's actually when we first met each other as well. I was fortunate enough to be at the Congress uh, that Max was the recipient of the award and we interviewed him in a live environment uh, to talk about his passion for payroll live at the show. And I'd say we've stayed in touch ever since because he's passionate about this industry. So I'm really excited to welcome him back today onto the Payroll Podcast. So Max, welcome. How are you feeling? Well, what an introduction. Thanks, Nick. And it's great to be back. I think uh, with our combined passion and energy, we will burst off the podcast platforms. And it's truly an honor to be back uh, with you. We're, together, we can elevate the global payroll profession together. So it's great to be back with you, Nick. Delighted to have you. I hope so. I hope we really get the uh, the old motivational juices flowing well, for those that are listening well. today. So let's start with a great question for you, Max. It's made for you, this question. What does the word payroll mean to you? Everything. 
It means <laughs> everything to me, payroll. So Nick, uh, Nick, payroll for me means life. It isn't just work. It isn't just a job. It isn't just a career. I would be tempted to say I would be nothing without payroll. Now, I won't say that payroll is nothing without me, but payroll, I think I've said it before in the podcast, for me, is the best profession in the world. And arguably, my kids, little buff of four and little fleur of seven, they don't know yet, but they will be new global payroll professionals because they don't have to choose between any skill because payroll includes any skill that you would need. You need to be good with numbers. You need to be good with people. You need to be uh, uh, empathic. You need to be able to maneuver your way through the globe to cultural differences. And payroll will always be here. If you want any job security, choose payroll. There will always be businesses. There will always be people who need to be paid. And more so, there will always be governments that need revenues. And those revenues come from, you would guess it, payroll. So payroll for me means life and it's my passion. And I'm sure for most of the listeners, it's their passion too. Whether they use it on a hashtag on LinkedIn or not, that doesn't matter because we crunch the numbers and we deliver. So Nick, that's what payroll means to me. But Nick, what does payroll mean to you? Well, listen, I think we should stop the show there. Mic drop moment. My job here is done. I think you've answered it brilliantly. I'll tell you what, you are probably the most quoted person that I've for me to have quoted on previous shows. And if you if you're a regular listener, Max, I'm sure that you are. And certainly, my regular listeners will know this. It was you that first said when I asked the question about what does Pearl mean to you many moons ago on 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 my first show with you, and you pulled a response that I've quoted so many times, not just on the show but in my writings as well. And I always credit it back to you, which is Nick. You said to me, Payroll brings in the best of finance, the best of tech, the best of IT, the best of HR, the best of all the things in other people's jobs, and it's pulled together into one profession, and we call it payroll. So that's it. I- I can't really put it a better way. Right? I think you've absolutely summed it up. I would add, I'd add one little bit to that. And I would say it's also the best of recruitment because there's uh-huh. no other industry I would rather be recruiting for than payroll. It's why I've done it for 22 years. And let's be honest, there are a number of other industries out there that I'm sure with the skills I've I've developed over the years, I could have moved into. But I've stuck with this profession. I love it. It's been fantastic. It supported my family uh, very well for the last two decades. Uh, and I'm really excited about working with you today and talking with you today about raising the profile even further and getting people really passionate about what is such a fantastic industry. So on that note, let me ask you then this first question here, because you think despite all this passion, all this energy, there's been a real paradigm shift in global payroll. So tell us a little bit more about that paradigm shift and why you think that is. Yeah, Nick. So I think the shift is there because we're not no longer accepting the status quo. I see global payroll professionals and domestic payroll professionals stating enough is enough. And what does enough is enough then actually mean is we need better tools. We need to be recognized. We need to be heard and we need to be supported to make the change we need to see as payroll professionals. Because there's a lot of talk about a seat at the table. Well, first we need a table. And let's then also find a seat. But in order to do that, we're always in between our beloved friends of payroll, of HR, uh, uh, between, well, we're not between payroll. We're actually in between finance and HR. But we need them to work with us. And we're just no longer accepting to be a pass-through. We're a value-add. So I believe, you know, we're going to change the the paradigm within payroll. We're going to break through the walls and as Pink Floyd would say, we are actually not just another brick on the wall. We'll break down the walls and the barriers that stand between us and further progression. 
Uh, that's what I think is, is the main driver between the paradigm shift. We've put our hand on the table. We said enough is enough. We're going to change. Yeah, fantastic. I, I wrote an article for Peril Org a couple of months ago, and if people want to have a look at the articles on there, you can. But it was interesting. I highlight this because I don't think I'd have written this article in 2018 when we first met. My last article for the Peril Org Global Payroll Publication was about link the important role payroll plays in relation to DEI within a business, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the impact payroll can have in relation to DEI strategies. I mean, that's something that would never have even come into my thinking back in 2018 to write that kind of article. And we're seeing a lot of um, people now linking payroll to employee wellness and employee retention as well, the important role that payroll plays and so many other aspects, as you say, picking back up to your quote, because it links to HR and finance yeah. as such a critical role to play. Now, something I want to tackle with you, because now I'm going, to lay, I'm going to say that I was the first to do this. I may not be, but I'm the first I knew that was saying this, and maybe I had a public platform to do it. But I was really critical of people in the past when they used to say that they fell into payroll. And I remember speaking to the CIPP and saying, look, if we want to change the status of payroll, we've got to change a couple of things. One is, if people keep saying they fell into it, you tend to say you fell into something you're not that proud of, or you mm. feel that others aren't that proud of. And why do I know this? Because I used to say I fell into recruitment. And why would I say that? I chose recruitment because I was in lots of debt at the time. I need to find a career. But I was almost a little bit embarrassed about the industry because my dreams of being a footballer or being something else didn't quite align with the idea of being a recruiter. And then I started, came into this payroll industry and realized that everyone was saying to me on these shows, Nick, I fell into payroll. I always say, you know what? And I'm a coach as well. You never, you always have a choice. At some point, something happened where you had a choice to remain in payroll, to, to take that opportunity to do a payroll or whatever. But there was a choice and you took it and you grabbed it. And I think that when people realize they made that choice and that it was a good choice and we get people starting to say, you know what, Nick, I chose payroll and I love it as you do. We can really start to change the narrative about what it feels like to work in payroll and start to inspire those coming into payroll where we, we know there's a little bit of a shortage of talent coming through. So bringing all that to the table, I know it's something that when I first met with you, you were one of the only people I've met that said, Nick, I chose payroll. It was an absolute choice. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about your, your journey in and why it's so important that people do own that choice. Yeah, thanks, Nick. And it's really an important topic. Um, we don't just fall into payroll. So my career started on the 7th of June, 2006. I still remember the day uh, I actually dropped out of my study at the time and I needed to start working. So I applied for jobs and searched for jobs. And I actually got a call from a recruiter, uh, not you, Nick, at the time, but ah, another recruiter. Next yeah. time. <laughs> but he said, yeah, why don't you want to start working for us? It was an international secondment agency in the dredging uh, industry and oil and gas. And they said, we need someone to figure out the payroll for us. But we see you've never done it before, but you seem to have the skill set to do it. And I said, well, tell me a little about the importance about payroll. And they said, well, we make sure people who work all over the world get paid, don't need to worry about any of their money movements. We'll take care of that for them as long as they do the work for us. I said, well, that's quite a responsibility for someone who's 20 years old, but this sounds fantastic. So I just started and I started just reorganizing binders, reading payslips. But, you know, before you knew it, I was talking to everyone in the world. So I think payroll is truly a profession. I think it goes back to the hashtag be payroll, hashtag choose payroll, right? It's not just something you trip into. And for those people that have said, okay, I fall into payroll, that can still be true. But they chose to stay in payroll afterwards. They didn't just fell into a trap. They choose to stay in there. And I think for us, 
is advocating it as a profession, just as you would want to become an HR manager, you would want to become a payroll manager. And maybe this comes down to the institution and the universities where we kind of elevate all of these employment texts or legal uh, works to say, hey, you need all of this, not just to become a lawyer, but you need this to actually become a payroll manager. And this is a, a, a profession, maybe more so than any other profession, that you can go global instantly. It's not that you would just have to go into as a payroll administrator, which is great domestic, but if you look up and onwards, you can go global anyway. So I think it's indeed time for us to stop saying we fell into payroll, but we choose payroll. So let me give you something else that I think, and this might be slightly contentious, and I know I'm going to hold my hands up and say this is something that I've done, so I'm guilty of something that I've realised when I did it last time, that I may not be pushing the narrative that I want or, or the profile elevation that I want because of something that I'm doing. And it's been like there's, a, there's something called the Red Mazda effect. It's someone that really wanted a Red Mazda because they thought no one else wanted one, and suddenly when they decided that's what they wanted, you see them everywhere, right? Yeah. And this happened to me. And I suddenly realized that payroll people are doing this everywhere. And it's sometimes something really difficult to stop. And I know you don't know where I'm going with this, but you'll be the first person I've probably disclosed this to on a public platform. I've been saying, but talking about this in, in things. So here we go. I'm going to get your take. We have a real thing in payroll globally, and you'll see my post about this in the past, where we talk about the big red button. People think all we do is press that big red button and payroll happens. And I understand why we talk about that, because we want people to understand that it's a way more complicated, compliant mm -hmm. process, which involves reams and reams of legislation, particularly if you're doing global. And we understand, if you're listening to this show right now, that there is a huge amount of complexity that goes into an accurate payroll process. But we know that others don't. So we, we get frustrated by this big red button. However, this is the challenge. Every time we remind the industry on LinkedIn that people think we just press a big red button, for those that aren't in the industry, actually what they're seeing subconsciously is all they do is press a big red button. It's a bit like the law of attraction. Are we actually consistently reminding people of something we think we, you know, we're trying to tell them something we don't do, but what we're actually doing is reminding them and reinforcing an incorrect view of what payroll is all about. So I would actually say now we need to stop talking about this fake imaginary big red button and actually focus more instead on the genuine complexity of the role itself and actually educating the industry about what that complexity involves. And I know that I've said, I've had headlines in my previous post saying people think pay or just do the big red. And it, we've got, I think that's got to stop. I know that's kind of the where we potentially want to take payroll to for those that are interested in automation and making the process easier. That's kind of the, mm. the, the, the beautiful place we want to get payroll to so they can be more strategic. But at the moment, every time we put a post out there that's saying we think it's this with a funny picture or whatever, are we reinforcing the message for those that really don't understand that that's what they think it is? And should we stop it, therefore, completely to get rid of this idea altogether? It's a subversion, but that's what I personally think. What's your view? Well, it's maybe not good for the show, but I agree, Nick, because by saying something it's not, it actually is. So let me maybe tell you a little story of how I explained once what payroll does. So at a prior company who I shall not name, I sat next to a VP that ultimately payroll reported into. We sat next to each other during Christmas dinner. He asked me, Max, what do you do? So I thought for a second, okay, what do you do? I thought you should probably know what I do. But I said, let's run the numbers. I pay 10,000 people a month. He said, yes, I know. I said, there are 250 unique 
data elements that go into paying someone. He said, okay. So that means I need to make sure that two and a half million individual unique data elements are correct. He said, okay, I understand. I said, at some point in time, I need to approve the payroll, which means that I need to work with, at the time, 20 different individuals to make sure that everything that should be done is actually done across 70, 70 countries. I said, and at some point, I push a button that says release all the payments. So I'm spending the cash of this company, the hard earned money to pay people, to pay tax authorities, to pay social security agents. And I need to make sure because you, I will just call her Ilse. I don't know why, but in this case, it's Ilse. I said, Ilse, you will look at me to say you have just spent at the time 750 million euros of our company's money on our employees and on our statutory remittance. So you look at me, Max, you need to make sure that's right. I said, Ilza, that's my job. And then I asked her, so what's your job? Mike, and that's the second mic drop. We've only just started this show, Max. But uh, <laughs> don't that's need to true. go into that response. This is what I mean though, right? This is what I mean. The easy response could have been for someone to go, you know what, people think we just press a big red button. But that's the bit very articulately, very eloquently put. I think we need to start shifting it now to really remind the industry of the complexity that we're involved in and the responsibility that you highlighted so well there. Those are sums of money which very few people, very few stakeholders in any organization will ever have the authority to approve a payment of that size and scale. And that really does highlight for me anyway, and hopefully for the listeners out there, the level of responsibility and and critical mass, really, or, uh, that the payroll has here, because that's a significant sum that can make or break a business yeah. if we get that wrong. And we know that. We've seen reports of when it does go wrong, it's, it's front page news. Exactly. Yeah, and when I talked to, so this was an, an HR counterpart. And then when I talked to the finance counterparts, the, always the first question that I ask is, do you know the percentage of your total P&L that relates to labor costs? They typically say, well, maybe 60, 70%. I said, do you know the process that leads to that cost hitting your GL? He said, yeah, it's probably payroll. I said, why don't we get together to make sure that 70% of your P&L is 100% accurate? He said, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So let's talk about the tools that I need and the outputs that you need to make sure that's right, because that will relieve you from any compliance issues or any statutory filings that might be incorrect or misstatements. Let's look at that 70%. Yeah, I love that. And this, this links to um, something I wrote about last year, which is making payroll a profit center, which I know sounds a little bit wrong in, in a way that we spend out so much money. But when you're talking about those kind of sums, yes. a simple shift, a simple identification or a processing improvement or reducing errors or you know, identifying a particular trend that might be impacting on payroll, they'd suddenly add up. Yeah. huge, huge sums. And if we're able to give that kind of cost efficiency back to the business, that makes the business more profitable. It, um, and it, I know it, that you're really keen on, on changing the status quo, challenging the status quo on LinkedIn, which I know is bringing some of this into the fore and reminding people of the important role payroll people play. Tell us a little bit more about that challenging the status quo and, and what we can do as a, as a real community that are listening to this now. Um, what can we do collectively to continue to challenge the status quo? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, it's actually a question I also ask myself. And I don't have a 100% clear answer, but what I think we should do is say no less and say yes more. 
And don't, so in Dutch, we would call it a Calimero effect, which means we're so small, the world is so big. We need to get out there. Even the most introvert payroll professionals need to make sure they can actually tell the story of what payroll does to indeed like rise up a little bit and tell what we do, do a little bit of storytelling and really run the numbers to say, this is what we do. This is what we have always done, but this is what we need to get there and have those true data points, which everybody sits on, right? We talk about the global payroll data and how to unlock it, but it also starts by saying less of no and more of yes and actually partnering and solutioning with you. To give you an example, Nick, the first job that I talked to you about, which I started on the 6th of June or the 7th of June in 2006, that's where we started earning money for the business. So at the time, we were seconding people all over the world in a maze of tax treaties, in a maze of local tax tools. We started planning actually business trips to say, what if you would stay five days longer in this country? You would then move back to this country and then you turn back to your home country, which meant that you were taxable in a, in a country that has less of a tax burden and they were on net programs. This is how we kind of help the business grow. And by challenging the status quo is never mention that button again. Let's maybe call that button Voldemort, Nick. Yeah, the Voldemort button. There you go. And maybe we take on our little wimp and we are Harry Potters and we change the whole paradigm within Global Payroll by making sure, yes, HR, we do need the data that we actually need to run payroll. And no, we don't want any more spreadsheets. The days are gone. And if you do give it to us, we'll get the tools to get it automated and validated and transformed into something that's what we want. And yes, payroll providers, we don't call you a vendor anymore. We will truly partner with you. And the payroll providers on their end, also on our end, there's a big responsibility for us to say, yes, we will help you clients. We will help you to actually solve these issues and not just push a certain agenda. And yes, employees, our dear, dear employees, we will answer your questions, but we'll even make sure that you don't have any questions. And should you have a question, we'll be there to help you. So we think, these type of podcasts that you're doing, Nick, you've been the first, you've been the best, of course, we also have our own podcast, Nick, but you've done it, you've paved the way of us advocating the global payroll professional, the urge and the needs that we have. There's a lot of webinars out there. So I think it's time to, 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 to raise our banners and to make sure that we raise the profile and actually get what we need. And therefore we need to challenge the status quo by actually revealing what we need and going out there instead of just always, okay, we'll accept it, we'll do the work, we'll put in the additional effort, no one will see it, but we'll do it. And we'll just stay in a little close community mm. to say, oh, the world is so big, we don't need these changes after cutoff, actually go out there and speak our minds. Yeah, I love that. And it needs to be a collective approach, doesn't it? It needs to be a collaborative yeah. approach across the community. And the last time I'll mention it now, and hopefully I won't bring it up on the show, but we talk about that big red button. I know why we use it. We use it because it unites us all, because yeah. there's a huge frustration in the community. That's what other people think. The problem, of course, by raising it is it unites us, but the people, it's not changing the views of those outside of our profession. That narrative, that, that way we're talking about it, isn't going to change the view of HR and finance. It's only going to unite us in frustration. So that's why we need to shift it and talk about the complexity, as you have so eloquently, about what the value of payroll really does bring to an organization. Really interestingly, you talked about we need to say yes more. So there's a coaching tactic where, to reverse that, we'd often say, when you say yes, what are you saying no to, right? But to reverse that now, when we, when we, when we say yes, 
what uh, when we say um sorry no what are you saying yes to but when you say yes what are you saying no to if we're doing it the other way around and we're not speaking up then we're saying and we're constantly saying no then what we're actually doing is we're saying yes to nothing changing we're saying right. yes to being consistently you know looked over by hr finance and c suites we're saying yes to nothing you know to, to nothing really evolving in our industry so it's it's sometimes that thought of if i don't say yes what am i actually doing here how am i contributing to to moving the narrative forward and the answer probably is we're not which is why we need to see yes and i remember when we first met you you told me about how your status went from global power manager to public everyone knew you and you took a risk by writing your first article and pub- and getting it published by payroll org and oh my god they wanted to read my work they wanted to see what yeah, i had to amazing. say and you went from strength to strength so maybe there's an article in you know, everyone says there's a book in you. For the people listening to this, if you've got an article about payroll you want to write or there's a message you want to say, there's platforms to do that. There's webinars, there's publications you can write to, there's podcasts like this and like yours. You know, we're all looking for these, these pioneers to come through and come out and really showcase payroll to be what it is. Um, and I couldn't couldn't agree more with what you've said. I wanted to echo that slightly further to try and get a, you know, a little bit of spirit here to push the narrative forward. So let's bring it back into the world of global peril for a moment, because I have a global peril expert on the show with me today and yourself, Max. I want to make sure the audience really gets to grips with, with you know, your level of expertise in this field, because it's it's, it's pretty significant. And I know that you believe, um, and there will be some suppliers that will definitely want to challenge you on this. And I'm not saying it's a controversial show, but I think this is something that's, that's worth talking about. But I've heard you say you don't believe there's a one-size-fits-all solution in global payroll. Tell me a little bit more about that. Correct. I think I've been saying that for the past 10 years. Um, why is there no one size fits all? Because global payroll is vastly complex. Take a stereotypical uh, international business. They will most likely have a HQ, so a headquarter where they might have a few thousand employees. And they say, well, this business is going great. Let's expand globally. Let's conquer the world together. So they start opening entities. They start opening businesses. Uh, maybe they go with a POER business to maybe test out the market first, then they move over into an entity. There isn't a single global payroll engine that does it all, all the calculations. I think most of us now realize there isn't such a, a global payroll engine. There also isn't one service provider in the world that offers all the different service levels that all the countries need. So if you, for instance, in that HQ, run a payroll in-house, you would most likely just move to a best of breed software that, that serves your domestic market. You, you ramp up your in-house payroll teams, you run payroll. In those far off countries, you might need more of a business process outsourcing service because you don't have domestic HR, you don't have domestic legal. Yes, you need the payroll to be processed, so you outsource the process, but you also need some other services around employment contracts, um, God forbid, uh, severance agreements, but you need a, a thing around collective labor agreements. It's a whole different service level out there. So the more international you go, the more hybrid your approach will be because you need different service levels. You have different tech requirements. For some, you need to integrate. For some, you need to be more fit for purpose. But I've been asked this question once, why don't we build an integration for Finland? I said, because we have one employee on that payroll in Finland. So let, let me ask you a question then. Is it is there no one-size-fits-all solution and never will be? Because commercially, it doesn't make sense. Because that's what I don't know how many it is. I think uh, depending on whether they are recognised by the uh, 
by, by United Nations or not, but there's about around 200, 210 countries in the world or whatever it might be. And apologies, I haven't Googled this. So this is a rough <laughs> guess as to how many there are. But is it because it's a commercial situation where it just doesn't make financial sense to have a solution that fits all those countries? Is that the main reason it's not there? Or is it because the capability of doing so just is unfeasible? I think it's, it's both of that, Nick. Maybe when our kids are running the new version of this podcast and they'll be interviewing each other, they said, oh, geez, our dads were so wrong, but yeah. we'll hear that then uh, when we're retired. But I think indeed because it's not scalable. So look at, look at SAP, right? They've built local payroll engines for roughly 80 countries, but that maxed out. Workday has built four engines natively, right? Um, there is a, a, a lot of effort there, but at some point it's just too much and that's fine. So that I always say the one size fits all is hybrid. Because we look at one size fits all, there needs to be one platform. There needs to be one provider. Even the bigger providers out there that say, I can cover so many 170 countries. Yes, they can, but not between all those different service levels. Maybe not within that one platform, through partners, through different payroll engines. So yes, there is a solution to cover the globe, but there isn't a one size fits all. Yeah, really, really interesting. You said to me as well that um, to make changes, particularly, I think this is in, in reference to, to global payroll predominantly, but I'm sure it applies to domestic as well. But you said to me that to make changes, we need to be more surgical instead of always following a path of complete vendor and tech overhaul, and which is what I find is really interesting because in the world of recruitment, particularly over the last 48 months, I have never in my career, which is 22 years in this industry now, seen quite so much transformation, whether that's organizational development and structuring transformation, whether that's system-based transformation or cultural transformation even, as people move towards command and control into coaching cultures and things like that. I've just never seen so much. It seems to be infiltrating every level of business at the minute. But you say that isn't necessarily always something we need to do. Surgical shifts can be more productive. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so you know, you're almost not hip and happening if you're not transforming. Right? right. So everybody's on a transformation journey, which is good because you always need to test yourself and your business and new new market condition. But when you think about global payroll, it's very, very disruptive to start overhauling your whole global payroll landscape. Typically, if you look at transformation projects within global payroll, there are a few specific topics <clears throat> that matter. It's either a lack of automation. There are certain countries that are underperforming, and therefore they say, well, this justifies an overhaul of our entire global payroll landscape. But this kind of means if you have a leakage in your house, right? So there's big rains, uh, like in our country, it's always raining, right? So it's always raining. There's a little leakage. You're not going to move houses just because there's a leakage. Now, what you'll do is you'll ask a plumber to fix the leakage which not only makes more business sense because you only maybe spend $500 for the plumber, you don't need to move houses, your whole family needs to move to a new part of town. Similar to payroll, you have this big global payroll landscape. And I've been in companies where we had over 100,000 employees, 70 plus countries, right? We needed to change. We looked at the whole scope. Well, maybe only 10% of that scope actually needed a change. So that's kind of this part of this paradigm shift where you think if we change payroll, we need to change everything. If I talk to clients or just general within my network, I ask them, hey, how's the payroll of November going? How's the payroll of December going? They say, well, you know, I have 20 countries, five are always bad. Five are okay, 10 are great. 
I said, well, why did you switch out those five that are bad? Oh, we can't because we're stuck with this paradigm of there's one solution or there's one contract. So if we change this, then we need to change everything. I said, well, what if you just be more surgical? It's less disruptive. It makes more business sense. Yeah. Okay. No, that's it's a it sounds like a compelling business case uh, to me. I guess it, as you say, ten percent actually do need to change. It, it, I guess it's how many patches can you put on the leak until actually you do need a new system. But um, ultimately, one leak doesn't mean that everything needs to shift either. Um, I, it's it, it's an interesting view and not one that I've um, I've 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 heard on the show before, which is always nice. We also have clients that say. You know, we have this whole landscape, or in general, I speak to global payroll managers, what's your pain point? They say, it's getting labor costs into the GL. I said, okay, why don't you just fix that problem then, instead yeah. of saying, we need to change all the vendors, we need to change our entire landscape. So why did you fix that little problem? They said, well, that's actually a great idea, because I was thinking we need to pick, do a big request for a proposal. We need to change all the vendors because we have these particular issues. Why don't you just solve that then? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. You the know, the um, most complex things are really simple. And making it simple is often very complex. Yeah, there's a oh God, I, I'm going to butcher this now, but there's a saying, I think, I don't know who it was, it might have been Einstein or some long lines of that. But um, the cleverest people do the simplest things. They make simple, you know, being simple is actually clever. You know, don't, I, I don't know what exact saying is, but something along those lines. Uh, it is, you know, it simplicity is. is actually the cleverest thing to do. Why, why do we need to overcomplicate? Um, it's, it takes a, yeah. So I'll, I'll have to find that quote now because I've just completely butchered it. While I, while I look for that, I'll ask you the next question. Okay. Why is payroll then still too local to standardize globally? You've talked a little bit about there being no one size fits all. <clears throat> We talked about surgical improvements rather than overhaul, massive overhauls. What do we need to do to standardize payroll globally? And I guess what are the things needed to, to make that change happen? And, and could it be a future possibility? Is this something we could experience in the future? For sure. There's actually no reason not to standardize payroll globally while still allowing for local uh, nuances. So I've posted this before. The, the payroll process across the world is the same. I did a webinar <coughs> last time for the, uh, the National Payroll Institute in Canada, so for Stephen Van Elstein. It was around uh, diversifying your uh, knowledge into global payroll. And I showed them a common global payroll process from pre-payroll, getting your inputs, making sure they're ready, you can process them, to processing your payrolls, validating the results, to getting the post-payroll outputs. I asked them in a poll question, does this resonate for Canada? 90% said, yes. I said, well, this is the payroll process I've implemented across for 100 countries. They said, well, how is that possible? I said, well, the steps within the process are the same. The data elements within that process differ. The forms differ. The periodicity might differ, but the process is the same. There is no reason why you can't standardize at least 80% of your processes wow. while still allowing local nuances okay heard it here first excellent well I've I managed to find the quote in the same time so I did uh, I did butcher it slightly but the quote goes something like this hopefully this uh, speaks to you with your with your view Max it says stupid people think complicated is clever but smart people know simple is clever because you have to go beyond complicated to get to simple there you go that's it that, that, well I don't have a quote for this but <clears throat> when I first started teaching courses people said <clears throat> 
um, once you can explain it, you actually understand it. Yeah, very true. Very true. I've heard that as well. I like my quotes. So I had to make sure I got it. I knew that I didn't quite get it out there as I wanted. So I had to quickly find it while you give me that wonderful response. Well, yeah. I mean, you're still immersed in the world of, of, of global payroll, but it's slightly different now. Your provider side, which is really interesting because I've met you and you've been very much in-house working with providers. You've got a whole yeah. different view of the world now, I'm sure. I guess I'd be really keen to know how it's changed your view of global payroll. Were there any surprises for you in, in making that shift? Or was it exactly as you expected it to be, number one? And then obviously, really importantly, can you tell us a bit more about the new role that you have? You're obviously working with Paysar now. So tell us a little bit about what that role involves, what Paysar do. But I'm really interested as well to know how that may have slightly shifted your understanding, having always viewed it from one viewpoint to suddenly view it from another. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess I've now gone full circle, Nick. So I worked at PwC as a consultant. I've done uh, global payrolls in-house. I've done global payroll out, uh, uh, outsourced. And I'm a part of the, the provider space here at Bezar. So I'm a head of service delivery. Uh, I wear multiple hats, but that's my official role. So I make sure that our customers are successful. I engage with them. Uh, I also do a lot of business development. I engage with marketing with our own podcasts and, and, and webinars. I help influence our product roadmap with my global payroll experience. And I truly enjoy it because I get to work with global payroll managers like myself and help them overcome their challenges. And maybe my big light bulb moment was around that surgical transformation, Nick, because before I joined Pesar, I also did many, many transformations. I even did a global payroll strategy once where we uh, only designed a purpose statement after like three full days of sessions in dungeons, crafting purpose. It took a very long time to make decisions. But I've learned working with Phaser, which as you've mentioned in the introduction, is a modular global payroll platform, is that you can indeed solve issues that you need to solve without being very disruptive. And that's what I learned here at Phaser. And that's what I love doing, engaging with both customers. I had two customer calls today where we just chat about global payroll. They love that there's someone at the other end who actually knows how to run a gross net calculation and explain the payslip to his wife, although she still <laughs> thinks it's very complicated, but I still keep on trying to explain it. And it's amazing to, to just meet peers, but then be at the other side, but still be a global payroll friend. And that combination together makes it makes me truly, truly happy uh, in this role, Nick. I think um, one thing I find really interesting, and I credit you for this, Matt, and I'll come back to uh, the credit in, in just a moment, but we have a lot of people that uh, you know muddy through and, and find their ways through transformations. And some some people are absolutely expert at it. Some people struggle. But unless you've seen everything from different perspectives, you only ever know the way of doing things your way. And of course, it's perspective that allows us sometimes to improve efficiencies in doing things. And it doesn't matter how good you are, someone else's view might just change the way you think. And there's a really interesting coaching saying that says, well, got you here, won't get you there. And the credit I want to give to you is well done because you've got put yourself in challenging environments from PwC to major sized in-house, say 100,000 employees, 70 plus countries, uh, now in the provider space. Uh, you've constantly tried to evolve your own perspective of the global payroll landscape, your own knowledge, learning from others, because you recognize that what's got you to this point right now probably won't get you to where you want to get to next. And therefore, you're constantly on that learning cycle. So um, this is something I would recommend every payroll professional took as a, as, as a if they want to elevate their careers, took as a strategy for, for elevation, because it's really through different perspectives, different experiences, a willingness to learn, um, and that understanding of what you already know, while it might be fantastic, may not be enough to get you to where you want to go. And I, I credit you for taking the journey that you have and for 
taking the risks that you have and absorbing all the learning along the way to get you to where you are now. So, um, yeah, listen, a huge kudos from a recruiter and a, a skilled <laughs> one, an experienced one at that, I would like to think, uh, to, to, to someone that I think um, could be a real inspiration to others. I, I say, you know, huge well done to you on that front. And I'm, I'm really glad you're enjoying your role at Pazar. Thank you, Nick. I, I indeed am. So I always tell myself I need to be comfortably uncomfortable in my yeah. job and in my career. If I'm in a comfortable space and I wake up and I already envision the challenges I will get today and I know how to overcome them, I'll be bored. You need to be challenged. Every time I wake up, I think about my family and then payroll. That's why you don't know what questions we're going to ask you today, right? When you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you don't know what's going to come next. It's always nice. Let me finish with this before we open the vault. Why are you really excited then about the future of global payroll? And to add to that, because I can never forget the last response you gave me. We're going to change the level now and aim this at the juniors coming into the industry. So as well as what are you excited about the future of global payroll? And what do you say to someone considering global payroll as a career? I would say, go for it. Please, please go for it, but you won't regret it a second. You will be in a career for life and you will never, never get bored. And just like me, you could work on any side of the spectrum. You could focus on your skill sets. You could focus on your, your data uh, science. Uh, skills and speaking to the future of global payroll, I think is very, very right. I just posted something today. There's a lot of talk about AI. There's a lot of talk about machine learning, which is great because it will support the payroll professionals. And I deliberately say support the payroll professionals because it will not replace the payroll professionals. If I look back at my career, there have been a lot of technological uh, developments which have all helped us to still be here. The world still needs to get paid. I think the world of global payroll is going to be freed up by paradigm shifts, that there's a one-size-fits-all, that you are too local to standardize, uh, that you can't challenge the status quo, that you can't get a budget to make a change. I would say global payroll is here to stay, and we welcome anyone. I'm pretty sure if anybody is considering a career in global payroll, you do need to reach out to Nick Day because he will elevate mm -hmm. your payroll career. You're very kind. There's a third mic drop in one show. Love it. But something, something that, that, that struck me when you gave me that response um, is you talked about AI and harnessing AI. And absolutely, we've got to recognize that it's here to stay. Yeah. And it can massively, massively um, support payroll professionals and actually all, all professions across the scale. But one thing I find, from my perspective anyway, as a recruiter in the work that we do, which is very personal, and I believe that payrolls yeah. are taking the same track. Ironically, AI has really shown me that how important personalization is if we if we rely on AI too much, you lose that that VOTC, that voice of the customer, that experience, that journey, that that feeling. And never before has payroll been more aligned to the wellness of employees, to that employee experience, to to things like having an impact on diversity, equity, and inclusion, the feeling of belonging within a business. And I think now, and I think it is ironic because AI almost takes the personalization out of it, and everyone's talking about it changing the industry. Mm -hmm. And yet, weirdly. 10 years ago, I don't think payroll had anything like the, the impact it does now on the personal employee experience. And yet now we're seeing it really, really involved and integrated and weaved into the employee experience at a personal level, which is why I think if you are worried about it, don't be. AI is here. It's going to help us with automation or things we need to do, but it won't take away that personal touch, which employees need for mental health, for financial yeah. health and all the other things that go with it. Um, so yeah, I thought that was quite an interesting observation that for me has struck me since AI's come in, you would think it would lead to less personalization and it, it will do in some industries, but ultimately it, it tells me that 
Uh, it highlights the need for more personalization and human touch than, than less overall. Completely agree. And uh, a metric maybe for you. So whenever we got employee questions about payroll, which AI will never replace, there might be chatbots. I always said, let's hop on a call together. Yeah, that's Just it. Personal touch. Just look at someone's eye saying, hey, how can I help you? I could write you all kinds of love stories as to why your payslip is correct, but there is something out there. You can trust me. I'm a payroll guy. I know more about people than you will ever know. Trust your secret with me. What can I do to help you? And if anyone doesn't quite believe that, you know, listen to this again, record the questions I've asked, Max, put them into chat GPT or whatever it is that you use and see if you get the same level of response, of detail, of passion, of energy. I already know the answer to that question. Hopefully our <laughs> listeners do too. Um, yeah, the human touch is so important. And you know, Max, has been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to have you on today's show to bring in your passion for payroll to the Payroll Podcast. I'm going to open the vault. You're going to enjoy this. We've got three short, sharp questions for you. Uh, the first is this. One piece of advice you would give to someone working in payroll right now. Make sure you stay in payroll, but also continue to challenge yourself and please challenge the status quo. It's enough is enough. Raise our profile. The only way to do that is to do it together. So please join me in raising that profile. Wonderful. And second, I've asked you this question before many moons ago. I'll be interested to see if it's changed or whether you even remember your last response. If you had the power of foresight and could change the entire payroll industry with one action or one improvement, what would that action or improvement be? No more manual data handling, please. Lovely, lovely. And last, if payroll were a song or a movie, you can choose which song or movie would it be and why? Oh, I'm a big song lover. I would say it's Michael Jackson's Thriller. Oh, nice. Okay, tell us why. Because it's such a thrill to work in global payroll. <laughs> Who do not work in global payroll, don't know how sexy it is to work in global payroll and how satisfying it is to work in global payroll. You could dress up just like Michael Jackson. You could have the moves just like Michael Jackson and you could still work in payroll, work remotely from anywhere and deliver pay across the globe, Nick. I would say there's no reason to say no. I'm glad you gave that that, that interpretation. Uh, for me, I was thinking of all the overworked payrollers out there walking around no. like zombies because they need a festive <laughs> break. But, uh, yeah, your answer is much, much better. Yeah. Uh, I'm teasing, of course. So listen, yeah. where do people, if they want to connect, they want to follow the work that you do, um, obviously there's payzar.com, which is P-A-Y-Z-A-A-R.com if they want to find out more about the modular global payroll solution that uh, the Max is part of and, 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 and promoting. Uh, there's a YouTube channel as well, which I'll put into the show notes. And of course, they have their very own podcast. I recommend listening to it. We'd like to share our listeners this is a subject where everyone who has a payroll podcast is committed to raising the profile so we're all in it together uh, but there are a couple of other websites as well i know that you're active on um, where people can find out more about you max so where can i direct them i would just recommend going to linkedin i think it's uh, linkedin.com uh, passion for payroll you'll be able to find me i would love to engage with anyone uh, payroll related uh, help you overcome your challenges or just have a chat and introduce you to my global payroll network because we're as strong as our network so let's make sure we expand it globally and thanks Nick for having me you're a wonderful energetic person this is exactly what the global payroll industry needs so thanks for being you Nick 
Ah, the pleasure has been all been mine. I've been looking forward to this all week. It's been my delight. I will, of course, put your LinkedIn profile with your permission into the show notes. So for those listening to this that you know want to get a bit of Max's energy, his knowledge, his support, anything it is, you can link straight through to the LinkedIn profile. We're going to the show notes. Within my show notes as well will be a link to Max's podcast, which has a brilliant name. It's called Plug and Pay. Uh, yeah. It's available on, on Buzzsprout. So there'll be a link to that as well if you want to check out more payroll podcasting content. And of course, if you are a payroll leader listening to this podcast, we are now available for our recruitment services, not just in the UK and Amir, but in the US as well. So wherever you get this show, and I know that pretty much 50% of the audience that listens to this now are based in the US, we can now support you with your recruitment challenges as well. So please do get in touch with either myself, my direct uh, contact details will be in the show notes. You can also reach us in the UK and Amir at jgarecruitment.com or in the US, jjrecruitmentinc.com. So please do reach out to us. We'd love to show you what a great, talented payroll recruitment experience can feel like. Uh, and I'd love to support you with all of your requirements, whatever they may be, in recruitment contract or perm. Just leads me to say one huge Further final thank you to Max van der Klispersink. It's been my absolute pleasure. Oh, look at that. Love it. I should have done no. If anyone watching this in video rather than audio, he's just put some fireworks up in the background. The first has ever done that on the show. So thanks for that. It's been my absolute pleasure. So thank you ever so much. Uh, and I look forward to welcoming you again, I hope, in the not too distant future to talk about whatever the future of global payroll uh, is is uh, is is bringing into the world. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll challenge that in the future. But thank you ever so much. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for the listeners. Thanks. That's all for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and gained valuable insights and inspiration to advance your payroll career or your payroll operation. If you haven't already, please, please do subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to leave us a little review on your preferred podcast platform. It's your feedback that really helps me to improve the show and of course, attract new listeners so we can continue to raise the profile of the payroll industry for all. Finally, if you know anyone who could benefit from this payroll podcast, please do share it with them. Let's spread the word and build a vibrant community of payroll professionals worldwide. Thank you, of course, for listening. My name is Nick Day. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon.